Harper Audio presents Testaments Betrayed by Milan Kundera Translated from the French by Linda Asher Read by Graham Malcolm Part 1 The Day Panurge No Longer Makes People Laugh The Invention of Humour The pregnant Madame Grangousier ate too much tripe, and they had to give her a purgative. It was so strong that the placenta let go, the fetus gargantua slipped into a vein, travelled up her system, and came out of his mamma's ear. From the very first lines, Rabelais' book shows its hand. The story being told here is not serious. That is, there are no statements of truths here, scientific or mythic. No promise to describe things as they are in reality. Rabelais' time was fortunate. The novel as Butterfly is taking flight, carrying the shreds of the chrysalis on its back. With his giant form, Pantagruel still belongs to the past of fantastic tales, while Panurge comes from the yet unknown future of the novel. The extraordinary moment of the birth of a new art gives Rabelais' book an astounding richness. It has everything, the plausible and the implausible, allegory, satire, giants and ordinary men, anecdotes, meditations, voyages real and fantastic, scholarly disputes, digressions of pure verbal virtuosity. Today's novelist, with his legacy from the nineteenth century, feels an envious nostalgia for the superbly heterogeneous universe of those earliest novelists, and for the delightful liberty with which they dwelt in it. Just as Rabelais starts his book by dropping Gargantua onto the world's stage from his mamma's ear, so, in the satanic verses, after a mid-air plane explosion, the Salman Rushdie's two heroes fall through the air, chattering, singing, and carrying on in comic and improbable fashion, while above, behind, below them in the void, float reclining seats, paper cups, oxygen masks, and passengers. One of them, Gibril Farishta, swims in air, butterfly stroke, breaststroke, bunching himself into a ball, spread-eagling himself against the almost infinity of the almost dawn. And the other, Saladin Chamcha, like a fastidious shadow, falling headfirst in a grey suit, with all the jacket buttons done up, arms by his sides, a bowler hat on his head. The novel opens with that scene, for like Rabelais, Rushdie knows that the contract between the novelist and the reader must be established from the outset. It must be clear. The story being told here is not serious, even though it is about the most dreadful things. The marriage of the not serious and the dreadful. Witness this scene from Rabelais' fourth book. On the open sea, Pantagruel's boat meets a ship full of sheep merchants. One of them, seeing Panurge with no codpiece and with his eyeglasses fastened to his hat, takes the liberty of talking big and calls him a cuckold. Panurge is quick to retaliate. He buys a sheep from the fellow and throws it into the sea. It being their nature to follow the leader, all the other sheep start jumping into the water. In a panic, the merchants grab hold of the sheep's fleece and horns 
and are dragged into the sea themselves. Panurge picks up an oar, not to save them, but to keep them from climbing back onto the ship. Eloquently, he exhorts them, describing the miseries of this world and the benefits and delights of the next, declaring that the dead are more fortunate than the living. Even so, should they by some chance prefer to go on living among humans, he wishes them a meeting with some whale, like Jonah. The mass drowning accomplished, the good Frère Jean congratulates Panurge, only reproaching him for having paid the merchant beforehand and thus thrown away money. Says Panurge, By God, I got a good fifty thousand francs worth of fun for it. The scene is unreal, impossible. Does it, at least, have a moral? Is Rabelais denouncing the stinginess of the merchants whose punishment should please us? Or does he mean to make us indignant?